This call is being recorded. All right, I'm going to go ahead and get started, guys. Thank you for uh, for being here. Um, today's topic is uh, about how to use geographic farming to build your business. And um, when we think about farming, um, why do you think they call it geographic farming? Little, yeah. But think about it is farming something that you plant something and it grows up right away and you can, it grows right away and you can harvest right away. Well, it takes, time. takes time, right? So let's think about a farmer and why we, you know, again, why we call it farming. Um, again, I think it has to do with a very specific plot of land, right? You own your, your acreage or your, you know, your section. Um, you, uh, take great pride in a certain, in that farm, right? You know it better than anybody else. Um, a farmer does, right? They know that they, if they plant in the spring, they're going to harvest in the fall or, you know, at least in our, uh, part of the country, right? In the Midwest. So they know that it's a process. Um, they also know that they got to continuously, um, maintain it and, uh, take care of it, water it, you know, weed it, fertilize the whole bit, right? If they're going to get to the harvest. And this is what you have to think about when it comes to geographic farming. Um, same approach, you know, it takes, it, it takes time. I would say that don't even start one unless you are willing to um, commit to about two to three years. Okay. Right. So what I want to do today is just kind of go through some ideas and some specific steps. Number one, we have to identify, right? Identify your farm. How do you think we're going to do that? What's the best way to do that? Choosing an area that you know very well. Choosing an area that you know very well, right? Um, do you think that you want to identify an area on, of course, one that you know well, but do you want, do you think that it's important to identify one where there's uh, enough turnover in the, in the area that it's going to be profitable for you? Right. So I think you want to also look at, you know, are people moving in a certain farm at least every, you know, three to five to seven years. Right. So that's, that's another reason that you, you know, that you would take into account in identifying a farm, right? Um, any other ideas on what you, uh, how you might do it or why you would, uh, how you would identify a farm? Yeah, have some success, success already. I think it is important to at least, if you don't live in the farm, at least you've sold there enough to be, um, you know, uh, to be able to add color to a search or, you know, know enough about the infrastructure or the area that you can properly sell it. Right. So of course, having a couple sales in a farm are good, right? Those are, those are three really good ideas. So let's, let's start there on what you do once you've identified a farm. Um, I will, I will let you know also that within, um, one little technique or idea that you need to be aware of when you, identify a farm is it needs to be one that people that you market to um, 
where they 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 understand it they are kind of um sold on it meaning they they uh it's hard to 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 market to a a broad thing like i'm going to i'm going to market to lakeview people don't identify with just living in lakeview right they identify to living um in a building on lakeshore drive right so or if they're in in if they're in river north they they identify living at 700 North Larrabee um, or they identify and living in 55 East area if they're, you know, in that, in that, in the Gold Coast. Right. So it's hard to, um, hard to do a farm when you can't, when you mark, you've got to be able to market to an identity. Okay. So the, the people that have had the most success have marketed to individual um, uh, subdivisions. They've, you know, marketed to individual buildings or a very specific street in a neighborhood or an area in a neighborhood. But the most success comes from when you identify a very specific area that you can market to, right? Um, East Lakeview, too broad, right? Bucktown, too broad. When you get into a build, you know, you know, a building or a certain school district, right? We were talking about Burley earlier. Um, that could be an identification that someone says, I live in Burley School District. That might be still on the borderline of being a tad broad, right? Are you with me? So in review of identifying a farm, we want it to be specific to an area that you understand and know, okay, that you've got knowledge of, and preferably one that you live in, okay? That's the people that have the most success are the ones that, that live in that general area or that farm. It's one that you've had some success in is always a good place to start, right? And one that is not too broad, right? So we want to make sure that when we're identifying a farm that it meets, meets that kind of criteria, okay? Step number two is we need to identify properties within that, in that, within that area, okay? <clears throat> identify properties and I'm going to take a different little turn on this one everybody wants to rush this part of the process okay they want to pull a report and they want to slam a spreadsheet together and be done in a couple hours right um that is an approach maybe that you can do in a building where you can pull the tax records, you know, for a specific, you know, spe specific building. But what I would say is this, when you want to identify properties, I would start with 250. Okay. Start with 250 and I would understand and know um, and review every single one of those 250 before you spend a dime, okay? So the agents that I've seen that have done really well, if they're not in a building specifically, is they will go up and down blocks in a certain area or in a cul-de-sac and say, I want to sell that house, 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 right? Or if you're doing land acquisition, do you want to send land acquisition to a property that was rebuilt two years ago? 
but if you're if you're not intimately understanding your farm and and knowing it block by block, right? If you're going to spend money on 250 250 properties, I would want to know every single one of them. So I would understand, you know, if it was in a building, I would want to understand what tiers are the best for me. You could you could market to a whole building or to a building, but you may not market to every property in that building, right? What what would be some reasons why you wouldn't market to every build, you know, unit in the building? Or have you ever have you ever seen buildings where there's you know eight hundred nine hundred thousand dollar condos and there's also two and three hundred thousand dollar condos, right? If you're going to spend um, if you're going to spend a bunch of money on a farm over the period of you know two or three years, why don't you at least come in at a price point that is going to work for you, right? So start with 250 and identify them, but go through each one. The properties, especially in buildings that are the best to market to, are owners that the tax record has them in a, in a different state or a different location. Why is that? They're not getting mail. They're not understanding the market. They're not in that general market, but if they're getting if they're getting marketing from somebody every month sent to Arizona or sent to Philadelphia or sent to Florida, and that's the only postcard they're getting, and they're not in the market seeing everybody else's marketing, those are the best to look for, okay? We call them absentee owners. In fact, if you, if you could go through a thousand names, look for 250 absentee owners, that would be the key to success. You just focused on those. And you know they're absentee by how? Their mailing address is different than, and it shows a out-of-state address, right? We've had a lot of success with, with absentee with absentee owner because they're just not immersed in all of the noise in that, or they haven't been running into people in the building that sell the building, right? So if they're getting that postcard from you, that's a, that's a good one. So identify 250 properties, and this could take you, again, do not spend a dime on this until you are really comfortable and intimately knowledgeable of each one of those 250 properties. Now, you can pull a full spreadsheet, but I want you to go through and research 10 to 15 a day and say, oh, okay, this, this, is a, this is, looks like a good one. They haven't moved in a certain amount of time. Uh, if I'm going to spend 250 and I'm going to go through 500, I want the best 250. Right. And I know the best ones are absentee owners and they're, you know, um, tenant occupied. Chances are at some point, do people get sick of owning property that they have to re-rent every year and they have to deal with tenants and and all that? At some point, is it possible that they might throw their hands up and say, I want out? Right. So do not rush to your 250. Okay, This could take you. As part of this two to three year process, this could take you um, two to four to six weeks to put together. But this needs to be, you need to look at um, your, your farm really almost as a side hustle. Knowing that 
as it grows and it becomes more and you get more success in that in that farm, it's going to perform for you better. And that's why I told you up front, do not get into a, a geographic farm unless you have you are committed to the long haul. OK, so now we've identified your farm. We, we've identified the properties. All right. Now we're going to commit. We're going to commit to action. Okay. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to invest $3,000. And I'm building a separate business, almost a separate business around my farm. Okay. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do a couple rentals that I might not have done otherwise. And I'm going to start a little marketing fund, right? Or I'm going to take money out of an, of a, out of a unit that I sold in that farm and I'm going to say I'm going to commit I'm going to invest in this farm and I'm going to take $3,000 okay and I'm going to invest in direct mail well we'll get into how to execute on it but the whole idea is if you invest that 3000 up front and almost like it's sold and it's off of your books what happens with most people with geographic farms is they send out five postcards and the only thing they get from it is returned mail. Right? So after four months, what do people want to do? Quit. They want to stop pumping the well, right? It isn't until about postcard six or seven that you mail out that you start to get inquiries. But that doesn't mean people aren't putting your postcard in, in, the, you know, in their top drawer. They just haven't gotten around to calling you. But it's about six months before you'll get your your first right i see some heads shaking so do not think you're going to go out and you're just going to like send a bunch of postcards and you're going to get listings that's just not how it works okay so what i would say that is commit to uh three thousand dollars and then when you get your first listing out of that farm okay you're going to take three thousand dollars from that sale okay and reinvest another 250. Okay. And what happens when you get a second sale out of that farm? What are you going to do? You're going to do another 250. You'll decide how much you want this farm to be. It could be that you've gotten everybody in that building that you want. So then you move to what? The building next door or a sister building or a brother building that's in that general area that's a similar, you know, okay? I think you get to about a thousand people or a thousand names. That's about max. 250 is a good start. You get to you get to 500 to 750 names. That's about where you want to keep it. And as people um if you know that market well enough and you see that one of the people that you've sold to or that you're marketing to is sold to somebody else or they've sold it with another broker, you always have to be pruning, right? So does a farmer constantly have an eye on his farm or her farm, right? Understanding exactly what's going on all the time? Yes, every morning they wake up and they look at what's going on. Do I need to, do I need to irrigate? Do I need to weed? Do I need to fertilize? You have to do that. If you're gonna invest this kind of money into a geographic farm, 
you need to do the same thing. Once a week, you just need to do a little hot sheet on your farm and run it and make sure that you're changing and auditing and, and pruning your, da your database of names. Okay? Are you with me on that? Because the last thing you want to do, every postcard is 50 to 60 cents, right? If you have 10 or 15 of those that go out that have changed or not good anymore, you know, that's 15, you know, that's, you know, seven, eight, 10 bucks. That adds up over the, over the life of the, of the, of the, pro, of the uh, farm. Okay. So that's, that's the commitment part, right? One thing that I want you to think about is because this is such a long process, you need to have a separate goal wrapped around this farm. Okay. Do not look at it as part of the business that you need to pay the bills, right? It's not. It should be set aside mentally as a income-generating long-term hold, right, that down the road is going to pay for everything that comes out of it is going to pay for something else, right? You might use it down the road to pay your house off. You might use it to um, put the kids through college. You might use it to whatever it might be. But this has to be your geographic farm, the business that comes out of it, has to be a fully separate operating um, function. Because if you don't look at it that way, you will quit. Right? It's like investing. Markets go up and down. You'll have months where you get a couple calls and you'll have, you know, three or four months where you, you don't get anything. Right? So you have to look at this as, as a long-term commitment. I will tell you, one of our agents um, started with a postcard in a building, got a renter who then turned into a buyer who then ended up turning into a listing because the buyer, what the buyer wanted in the building um, wasn't available. So here's another technique. What happens when there's nothing available in a building? What do you do? What's an idea of something you can do? Hand write notes to everybody in the tier that they want, right? So if there's 25, you know, there's 25 units in that tier and you handwrite 25 notes. So anyway, she was able to find a person that wanted to buy, got, the, you know, the listing, right? Had dual agency situation with that buyer or that tenant was able to place them, right? The person that bought here wanted to buy something else. So she got that piece and then now is an expert in that building and it's to the point now where people sell or buy she gets a call and this took her about five years but i think she's done you know over 30 million of business out of that farm and it started with a started with a postcard okay any questions about what we've talked about so far in terms of identifying and your farm and identifying the properties does that all make sense yeah so in terms of the frequency, how often do you send the postcard to its original 250? Well, it's it's uh, it's probably monthly. Okay, um, they just need to see a constant drip of 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 activity from you. You could maybe go 45 days if you wanted to, but part of it is going to be, and we're going to get into that in a minute as to what we're going to do. But I don't want you guys to spend the money on the marketing piece the marketing till you've committed to the, the length of how long it takes 
and the fact that you have got to identify intimately what properties it is that you want to market to, especially if you are in a neighborhood or a cul-de-sac or, you know, or in a subdivision or something like that, where you want to, you want to walk around and say, yeah, they, they, they bought last year. Maybe I'll do the one next to it and the one on either side. Right. Or this house is, this is a house. Um, I'm really want to sell it. It's for sure going on my list. Right. So you mark the addresses down and then you go through and you get all the tax records put together on an Excel spreadsheet. And once you have um, first name, last name, city, state, zip, right? We can, you can upload that to Express Docs or, um, and we can use that to, to do your mailings. And there will be some that will come back and you have to, you know, you have to, you know, fine tune it, right? But this is really, really important. Most people don't think about this. They just think about that. So, um, so there's a couple different uh, things that we want to do when we are in a geographic farm. Okay. So, step number one, after you've identified the address, we probably want to get an initial, initial postcard mailing out. And this might just be a, uh, um, could be an introduction. With a lifestyle photo of you, and it's just you know an inner you know kind of like you're you're sending out your business card to everybody in the farm, right? The next postcard might be um, activity in farm. Okay, what are the how many pendings have there been? How many um, sales? How many closings? How many active new listings were there in the in that quarter, and that should be done quarterly, right? If you go on to JSIR Connect um, and you search postcard, you'll under order forms, you'll see the different postcards you can send out. Okay, you with me? Now, when we have when we launch Accelerate, there will be other options as well but that's all gonna be happening here shortly. But I would just do some activity that's in, in the farm, an introductory card initially. I would then, um, once you have some success, some just listed, just sold, okay? You're gonna have brand, Postcards. Um, like uh, festivals in the neighborhood that, you know, Cubs, socks. just, you just want to see that con consistent drumbeat of your name, you know, your name coming up. Okay. Who, who here just out of all curiosity is getting postcards in their mail today. Okay. Um, how many of you that raised your hand get it consistently from the same person? Okay. Right. So, but they should have done the research and figured out that you were a broker, right? 
but rarely, you know, people will say, oh, my pipeline's empty. I got to send out a postcard, right? But rarely do you see that person doing that consistent drumbeat of, of activity, right? So that's why we started with your commitment. Do not look for quick sales, okay? So these are brand, brand postcards, okay? But we have a lot of options that you guys can, that you can, that you can mail out. Now, what will happen again is over time, someone will say, I don't have a broker. I don't know who I should use, but I've been getting this postcard from, you know, from Donna every, every month. I'm going to give her a call, at least have her come do a listing presentation, right? Because um, she's, she's provided me value over time. Now, are postcards the only way that we can uh, market to a farm? Newsletter? Huh? Newsletter? Well, you can do newsletters, right? Postcards are just there so when people see you in the farm, they're like, oh, you're that person that sends me something every month, right? That's why an introductory postcard with your picture on it is important. So if they see you in the elevator, if you're selling there, if they, you know, if they see you, you know, walking your dog, right? They may say, oh, by the way, I'm thinking about, I, saw, I got your postcard, right? So there are some in-person things that you should be doing. Give me some ideas. What, what are some ideas that you would use to, uh, to uh, be present in your farm? Well, last year, I, I actually did in, in my cul-de-sac. I dropped uh, a little pumpkin yeah. for everyone before Halloween. And yeah. I left it on the postcard with, I mean, on the front porch with a... Uh, yeah, so some giftings during, you know, the holidays or whatever. You could do a pie giveaway during Thanksgiving or something like that. Come to my unit. I've got, you know, order a pie now and whatever, you know, whatever it might be. But I've, we've had some people have some success with the pumpkin giveaway, giveaways. Yeah. I actually started a book club. I mean, wow. I wanted, I wanted to be in a book club, but it was also. You know, that's a, that's, I've never heard that one. Yeah, so Donna's saying. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it was actually. Uh, it worked. Yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> Is it, um, do you think that. Uh, Walking a dog is. <laughs> I can't tell you how many agents say that they get business off of just running into the same people in the neighborhood when they're out walking their dog in the morning. See, so they they had. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's just it's interesting, right? So. Um, being present, being part of condo boards, um, getting to know the doormen and women at the front at the front door, right? Understanding who manages the building, and th there's a lot of sources of of referrals that come from door staff, right? Right. So be present. Be present in your in your geographic farm, okay? Go out, walk that dog with intention, like Donna said. Um, 
have some business cards on you all the time, right? Grab your, grab your bags, you grab the leash, grab your business cards, have it all right there in a little packet because someone may ask you, you never know when you're going to get that, that opportunity, right? Here's something I'm promoting a lot. Work in local cafes. Get a uh, get a water bottle with Jameson on it. Okay, there's a reason too to that um, Gail Springs not here today, but she wears the <laughs> name tag, right? Every day, right? She has it on. If you've seen her, she always has a. But that's just you know letting. That's like for her a one of the first things she wanted when she came here was. I need to get my name tag. That was the top of her list because she wears that and people, you know, in an elevator uh, will ask her, you know, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about selling my place. Can you come see it? Right. So it's like a, a walking billboard. Now, not everybody's going to do that. Right. But things like that matter and they do, they do work. But I've had more and more people say that with, uh, I'm going to show as an example, having that on the back of their PC, Okay, and they go and they work at a Starbucks or they work at a Limitless Coffee or they or they do something like that. This is if they see you there consistently and enough, right? It's we've had people that have come up to um, our agents and say, "Oh, I see that you're with Jameson Sotheby's, right? Um, I live right next door. I live across the street. Um, could you come over and take a look at you know at at our uh, property?" Um, it's because not everybody has, has a broker, but I'd rather have you in a cafe or, you know, the lobby of a hotel or a Starbucks or whatever it might be working, right, um, than working in the office, quite honestly, right? Because the days of walk-in traffic at any brokerage, that used to be a real source of business, by the way, back 20, 30 years ago before – you know, uh, MLS searches and stuff. People just walk into the local uh, brokerage and say, hey, can I talk to a broker? Um, so my point is, is that spend your time a couple hours a day if you're, if you're going to be doing emails and stuff like that in a local cafe in your farm, right? Like I told you, how many people, on, when we talk about open houses, how many people are you going to meet on your couch at home at home on a Sunday afternoon? compared to being at an open house, right? That's how you have to look at things. Where is it going to give me the best opportunity to meet people? Any other ideas on how you can be present in your, uh, in your farm? Well, I, I join out like a uh, professional uh, networking club where they have people from all kinds of things and they have it there uh, once every two months. Yeah. Yeah, some networking clubs. What does uh, Ryan Serhant do every morning? He's got three what? <laughs> I tried there. I'm not great at writing on these boards. Guys, this is real. This is real. 
Um, you know, if you are, um, if you, if you can join a club in that, in that farm, if you, if you have exercise as a part of your daily regimen, you will meet a ton of people. And where do primarily people, where do people work out? Are they driving 20 miles to work out? They're finding the, the club closest to what? Right? So you have to be strategic if you're if you're if you want to work in a farm you need to be present in your farm you need to you know you need to be in the cafes in the farm you need to um you need to work out in your farm you need to know everybody walk your dog and you know make go out with intention that when you're out you're not keeping your head down right you're looking you're looking for opportunities this is probably more profitable for you quite honestly than the postcard marketing stuff. The postcard marketing stuff is going to be a constant drip. So when people see you out and they're, and you, they might just happen to be on your list, right? Especially as it grows, they'll recognize you as that person that's, that's uh, mailing them the stuff. Okay. So get in and get involved as much as you possibly can. All right. So that's being present physically in your farm. Now, we want you to be present digitally, okay? Here's some ideas for being present digitally. Create a Facebook business page, an extra one, okay, for just your farm based on your farm okay they're completely free to set up google how do i create a business page and 5000 videos very well uh you know documented videos will um show you exactly how to do this okay so you might say you might you you, you would name it something to do with your farm right so um uh 55 East Erie real estate or something like that, right? You'll think about it. But what you want to do then is post restaurant openings in the area, post mm -hmm. sales in the building, post closings in the building, post new listings in the building, right? Not as if they're your own, right? You got to do broker reciprocity, but you're basically just saying, you're not adding pictures or videos. You're just saying this listing went on, this listing went on, this listing went on. Three bedroom, two bath, unit 301 went on for 1.2, right? So you're just basically giving them data that it's on the market. You're not marketing the unit. You're just letting the people know that there is a new listing, okay? Especially closings and pendings. People want to know what's closing in the building. Now you can put on your postcard marketing to drive, you know, content or language on the front of the postcard, not front on the back to drive them to that Facebook page for updates. Okay. That's another thing though, that you got to do what once a week, at least, right? You're, you're posting, you're pulling a hot sheet once a week and you're basically stating this close, this close, this close, this close for this price. 
and they, you might get some people that start following you and going to that page because they're seeing um, content packaged in a way that they want you to pack it. They like to see it packaged, right? Okay. So you could also build a website with the same kind of information where you could blog um, about uh, things that are happening in your, you know, in your specific geographic farm, right? When you do restaurant reviews or you do, you know, reviews on a new local little uh, shop or boutique that opened up, chances are, do you think that they're going to have um, social media platforms already attached to their business? The answer is yes, right? Because we all know that if you don't have a social media presence, probably you're not going to last very long in business these days, right? Whether you're a broker or whether you're a boutique or a grocery store or a restaurant or whatever it is, tag them on your page, okay? So when people see that, it'll move them over to your page to like your stuff, right? And if you start to befriend the local um, business owners in your farm, and you're giving them free advertising, right? What are the odds that they might feel like they've got to give something back to you, right? Has anybody ever walked into a coffee shop and talked to the owner and said, yeah, we just moved here, or you know, we're, we're thinking about, we're moving out, we're thinking about selling our house, we got, we're getting to the suburbs, our kids are getting to school age. Oh, have you talked to so-and-so, right? So part of befriending people in your, in your farm is also the business owners, right? Do the dry cleaners know everybody? Yeah. They know everybody. In fact, a lot of them will ask you, what's going on? You know, they know I'm in real estate. They'll, they'll ask me, like, what's, have you seen, what's going on with no, nothing selling on our block over here? What's going on? Or, man, everything's selling, quit. Okay. So use social platforms to drive, you know, separate social platforms to drive people, especially a Facebook business page. Take video, be out, take pictures, um, post stuff. Um, you can use your Instagram page to drive people back to your business page, your Facebook page, right? So have a digital, use um, social media to have uh, to, to document and advertise that you're a person that's an expert in that area, okay? Now, when someone searches um, fill-in-the-blank real estate broker, is that page going to come up on their search? A Facebook will get, yeah, if you've got a lot of content and that Facebook page comes up. You ever done a search and you, on, you search somebody's name? And their social profiles come up, their LinkedIn, their Facebook, right? Same thing will happen when they're searching 55 East Erie, Erie real estate broker. And you, you're the person that's actually documenting things that are going on in the building. Is there a chance that you could get a call? Absolutely, right? So have a, have a digital, digital platform. So when you've got all three of these areas working together, right, and maybe instead of a business card, 
you have a little flyer that says here, um, if you're walking a dog, right? Have a little, have a little, um, you know, small marketing piece that you can give out that says here, visit me at, on my Facebook page. Here's my, here's all my contact information. Here's, you know, my photo. So they recognize you, right? A little, little square hand piece that you can hand out when you're out at the cafe or you're out in, uh, you know, walking your dog, et cetera, right? The goal is to get people to follow you and understand that you're the expert. So if you've got a threefold marketing platform, which is what? What's our three areas? What was the first one we talked about? Postcard, that's the traditional approach, right? You could also do the, the newsletter, right? So this is direct mailing. What's the second part? Being present, right? Hey, man, when it's 4th of July, holiday weekend, be the person in your neighborhood that's having everybody over, right? Be popular during that time of, during holidays, especially in the summer when people are out. Do not, you cannot be a secret agent, right? And think that you're going to be successful. And what was the third one? Digital, right? Social platforms. there will be ideas upon other ideas that if you get creative that you can come in and, and, and start to, to do things that, that work within your geographic farms. But I'm, I mean, we could go so many different levels on this, but what I wanted to point out to you today is that there's three major components to a, a, uh, a farm. Okay. Before you even start, what do you need to do? Commit. Commit and do your research, right? Make sure that you're marketing to a farm that has consistent turnover. If everybody in your farm is in their 10 to 15, 20 year house, right? And that you can see that can, you know, that you can see that kind of trend there. You can do all this research online on the MLS, okay? How many? houses were there in your here's here's the calculation you ready out of your 250 how many of them went under how many of them went on the market last year okay so if you had 250 and 50 of them went under uh went on the market what's your what's your uh annual turnover rate every five years right 50 times five is 250. So that means about every five years you got 50 coming, every year you got 50 coming on and changing hands. That's a good ratio. That's where you want to be anywhere from five to, you know, five to seven. Okay. If you start getting this, you know, eight, nine or 10 years is that rate. That is going to be a lot of time and effort being and money being put into a farm that may not turn 
as much as you want to turn. That's why these buildings downtown that are in River North that are in that 500 to a million one range are great places to start. Why? Who's buying those type of properties now? Right? Their change, life, you know, changes in life are happening quickly at that price point, right? Um, so you want to look, you want to do your research on where your the actual properties that you are marketing to, making sure that there's enough turnover that it makes it worth your while. But you want to be every year if there's 250 and it's a one in five or every five year turnaround, and there's 50 in that in that um, in that farm, you want to be part of the conversation with 10 of them is the goal, right? Or 15. We know that 76% of agents um, are, I'm sorry, it's, yeah, 76% of agents do not use their broker that helped them buy it. Somewhere in that, in that percentage range, right? So, I mean, you have a real opportunity to, if you're, if you're active, to get in on call it 20% of the 50. And then once you start to have some success and you're doing, you're just sold and you're just listed, right. And you're showing that you are, you're the person to go to and there's your sign is up all over the neighborhood. Then people just start organically calling you. Right. Yes. Same people, right? Identify people. Yeah, that you're the Yeah, that you're the expert. So Mr. Mr. King of the open house, right? 40% of his database. But yes, once you get the listing, right? We in, when we talk about deliver and leverage, that's a big part of my my uh um, ideas or my process is that you've got to capture buyers or other sellers during your activity in the in the market, right? There you go. And that's, there you go. That's the whole idea. But did that take, how long did that take you to get to that point where? Well, here in that specific. Yeah. Just in like where I live. And you, how long have you lived there? Seven years. Because of, yeah. So this is what I'm saying. Right. Right. Or 
my advice to you is double down on where you're at and just move that spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you know, that way it won't take you as long because it, you know, we're talking about a long period of time, but if you, you, you know, this agent that I talked about earlier, that's had that success in the building, that was five years ago that she's, you know, she started dropping that first, that first postcard, but man, has it turned into a huge business for her. Um, and it was worth every dime she spent and all the time that she put in because that is literally her, you know, a lot of her livelihood comes from that farm. But instead of going and starting over, I would just tighten up your list of names and expand it out from where, from your epicenter because, you know, you know that area better than anybody else. Chances are the people in that, as you expand it out, or some, they're driving through your neighborhood or they're, you know, they're coming into your neighborhood to, to eat and do other things. Right. So just double down on, on that. Just expand it out. Okay. Um, was this helpful? Any other questions on this? Yes. You got to do it through the tax records on the MLS. That's a whole other class that I would suggest that, Keep an eye on Chris and Megan's classes on Monday afternoons. They do a great job of teaching Remind and um, how to how to find find that information. Okay, Monday afternoons. Look for Chris Chris Stevens and Megan Cassidy do wonderful trainings on that. But it's all on the tax records that you can access through the MLS. Okay. You know they've they've actually been great. I mean their their customer service line. Um, yeah. Okay. That's you know that's really good to know that they are continuing to step up their game. Okay. So call the uh, um, connect connect MLS eight hundred number. Okay, Chris. Yep. Not, it's never too soon. Yeah. Yeah. Handwritten notes are, again, we talked a little bit about that when you're marketing to, uh, you know, trying to find an individual type of unit type. But I just go in, get settled in, and then just start looking, you know, start identifying those 250 properties. And then go out and find a way to raise that three grand to put to the side the last thing I want you to do is if you're not going to commit to this, don't even start. Okay. Do not waste the money. Don't do it. If you're not committed to a three, five or seven year process, do not waste your time. Okay. But know that at the end, when it becomes time to, uh, when you do invest that much time, we're going to have a lot of, you're going to have a lot of success stories and it could be a big, could literally be a huge, huge part of your business. If you put, make the commitment, but it will not be quick, okay? Um, any other questions? No? All righty. Um, uh, we'll wrap this presentation up, and then I will stick around. We'll do a little Q&A on anything else that you might want to talk about, okay? Thanks, everybody.